Excuse me, but are you loving this podcast? If you are, you can support the show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. All you have to do is hit the link in the show description to support now. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Excuse me. I have something to say. This is the podcast where we have real and open conversations about life and everything it throws our way. I'm your host, Sean Philip Naylor, and you can join me each episode as I talk with inspiring people who also have something to say. You can also join in on the conversations by contacting me directly through the show's official social channels, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at excuse me underscore pod, Facebook and YouTube, search excuse me, I have something to say, or visit our official website, excuse me, I have something to say.com. As always, all links are embedded into the show notes for you. And don't forget to click on that subscribe button. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, remember you can rate and review the show there. Hi guys, thank you all for tuning into the show and welcome to the final episode of season two of Excuse Me. Can you believe that we've been on this journey to have more meaningful conversations and to educate ourselves for two years already? That is crazy. And what a two years it's been. As 2021 comes to an end, I can't help but reflect on the year that was. In my personal circles, I keep calling 2021 a shit show and saying that I can't wait for it to be over. And to be honest, that's all true. But I do have to remind myself to check my privilege here a little bit. You see, my situation, as bad as it was for me, it could have been much worse. And in reality, I've really been very lucky. You see, at the start of 2021, I lost my job due to the pandemic. And in turn, I lost a very safe space for me. But as one door closed, another one opened. And after years and years of work and patience, I finally got to be the leader of my own store and my own team. A goal that I'd been working towards for at least six or seven years. And in April, I launched season two of the podcast, which was amazing. And I married the love of my life. Like, come on, talk about kicking goals. Although the pandemic and constant government changes loomed over the wedding day and threatened to upturn everything just weeks before the wedding, we were lucky and we got to have the day that we'd planned when so many others couldn't. The podcast didn't go quite to schedule though this year. The first two episodes were great, but by the time the third one was due to be released, I was under a lot of stress. I'd come back from our little mini moon after the wedding and was thrown into running two stores. This took up a huge chunk of my time as most days I was driving back and forth between Brisbane and the Gold Coast, managing two teams of staff in two locations, looking after 
two sets of stock when half the time I'm not in one location. And yeah, and whilst all this was going on, my husband was having his own escalating work and personal issues. All of this took a huge, huge toll on my mental health throughout most of this year. And I'd often blame myself and I'd blame the podcast. I'd blame myself for not publishing episodes on time and for not being able to get more guests or release the quality content and grow the show how I'd planned. And I think it was easy to blame myself for this because it's the one thing that I was doing that I could consider myself solely accountable for. But in reality, there were so many external factors that actually impacted my ability to continue to create and release the show that I had planned. To that point, again, I was still lucky because I had some great new guests on the show like Rachel Hayek, Brandon Jones from Get Naked Australia, Sarah Y from The Good Food Clinic, and of course, more recently, Harry Cook, all of whom were great and gracious guests. And together we spoke about interesting and important topics like disordered eating, climate change and mindfulness. And how lucky was I to also have some incredible returning guests come back and visit the show to share their great stories and their opinions. So a huge thank you to Where Is Leroy, Amy Lucivero, and of course to Rochelle Lindquist. And when I just couldn't get the time together to do anything, I was able to revisit some poignant conversations from season one and add a bit of new content to create a more up-to-date narrative, like looking at social distancing 12 months later with Jacqueline Webb, or talking about how the fight for feminism and women's rights is still not over due to those, you know, those abhorrent laws that were passed in Texas this year. I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's been one hell of a year filled with highs and lows. And although the lows felt really fucking low at times, there were so many great positives that got us through. It's so easy to get pulled under with negatives in life that we forget to look back on the good bits. So without any further ado, here are some of the good bits from Excuse Me, I Have Something to Say over the past year. And then um, a wrap, a season finale wrap show. So I'll go through, find some best bits and probably some funny outtakes. Um, if there were any, I know we had a couple last week. Um, and then oh, yeah. that's it. And I'm done. And I don't want to do any more ever again. Oh, babe, you must be so wiped. I'm just over it at the minute. And I, you know, I think I just need some time away from podcast to stop getting mad at myself for not, you know, achieving what I want to achieve. Honestly, um, I'm incredibly impressed that you came back and did as much as you did in the same year that you got married and had Benny, you know, like go through what he did and you working full time and doing all this. It's a lot to accomplish to get that out. And I know what it feels like to impose that on yourself and to, like try and stick to it. And it's really, really hard. And I'm impressed that you did it. I just completely like, I just clapped out. I was like, done, not coming back. <laughs> Don't know when I'm coming back. <laughs> um, that potentially will be me next year. In my head, I'm like starting to plan it all. And I'm like, if I try and come back around the same time, 
last year. I did 22 episodes last year. This year, if I continue to release one a week now until the end of the year, I would do 17. That's enough. That's enough. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I like the history ones. So, should we jump in? Shall we? Shall we? It's just going to be light and breezy, easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. Feeling that. Yeah. Hilarious. Terrifying at the same time. Um, I would never do the caroling. I don't think I don't think caroling is for me. I mean, I would still do it now, but it's a really long walk from here to the neighbours. <laughs> so, No. <laughs> No, not going to happen. Oh, you could, could you, could we do a Zoom caroling? Could that be, you know how like. I would do Zoom caroling with you. Yeah. We can, people like started using Zoom and then like people could hack in and just drop into your conference. We could do that. But with caroling. I like that. Just drop in and start caroling. Yeah. (laughs) Full costume. (laughs) We'll just like. Our heads will pop up and little things. Yeah, oh my God, I like stop that. Stop it. I need to do it. Okay. <laughs> so we've gone off topic again. So back to Christmas. Have, it, yeah. New York. Hey. New York made Christmas Christmas. They also know how to make coffee. Um, that is probably offended coffee. someone. <laughs> probably. Oh, another thing, just, uh, you know, before I love it, you I go. Love it. My husband, yes, big fan of yours. Oh, that's so lovely. He is. He's in two rooms away doing his. He's studying, so he's doing that. But um, he's super jelly right now. But (laughs) your your husband. His name's Benny. (laughs) Give him a shout out. Hi, Benny. (laughs) Oh, um, your book, Pink Ink. Yeah. Where can I find it? I can't find it. I'll, I'll send you one. I think it's sold out from a lot of places now, which is good. But also, we need like a, we need more copies somewhere. So I'll no, I'll send you one. I got two one. two Christmases ago. He was like, um, "This is Harry <laughs> Cook." He introduced me to to you. He was like, "This is Harry Cook. He's written this book. I know. I really need to read it because." Oh my god! I'll send you one. I'll sign it. That would be so sweet. Are you yes. kidding? That's I will win Christmas. Happily. Oh my God. In a heartbeat. Yeah. No, that is the sweetest. I would love to. Are you kidding? In the world. <laughs> I love Thank that. Thank you so much. That's Thank really you so much. Because yeah. it's one of the things like when I started seeing him, he wasn't completely out, had two kids, yeah. previous marriage to a woman, like lived a very heterosexual life for a very, very long time. And I had lived a very gay life over in England. And we yeah. started seeing each other and I was like, I'm not comfortable going back in the closet for you. I'm not going to be introduced to anyone no. as your friend and I'm not going to be anyone's dirty little secret. So I was like, you're going to have to start looking at, if you want me, how yeah. I'm going to fit into your life. And so that was um, part of our deal when we got together. It was that he was going to, yeah, he obviously wanted me. So <laughs> <laughs> um, that ball got rolling. And then I wasn't actually, here's a political thing. I wasn't enrolled to vote here in Australia, even though I was an Australian citizen when I was a kid and then moved back to the UK. And uh, that was another part of our deal was I had to enroll to vote and become more political, which happened to. I love that. 
and he had never been anywhere in the world. So his was, he had to get a passport and that was the deal because. That is actually, that's a love story right there. I'm going to put that in a rom-com. That's, that's yeah, what's going on. Do it. That is. No, that's it. really cute. That's really sweet. I like that. So are there any of those yeah. diets out there that as a nutritionist and a dietitian, you look at mm-hmm. it and go, it's not so bad. Or should we literally just be eating everything within reason? Eating everything within reason? <laughs> but in saying that, so that's, that's like the short answer. But I guess if you, if you think about any of these diets, like, for example, the keto diet, you can do it a healthy way. You can do it an unhealthy way. So, for example, you can have um, like the quote-unquote unhealthy way could be like lots of butter, coconut oil, like processed meat, no avocado or nuts or anything like that. Whereas you've got the other alternative, you've got like oily fish and you've got lots of low starch vegetables, you've got avocados, you've got lean meats, different oils in there. So you can see like what would be the more desirable option for your body in terms of fueling it as well. But I guess the question is, if it feels like it's restrictive and it makes you feel like you can't go out for dinner with friends and you can't be flexible, and it plays into that mindset of if I eat this way, I failed, I'm a bad person, I'm going to put on on weight, then that option with the avocados and oily fish might not actually be a good option for you. Like even though it's the better out the two, it's probably not best for you. Does that make sense? these days and what other sort of things have you sort of you can look back on and go you know what I would never have done this previously what is that newfound confidence and what are the things you're doing that you've never done before fantastic well one of the few things that I I can remember so my dad had his 60th birthday some years ago and normally there's always someone in the family that will get up and speak or, or, or run the show and I found myself being the MC at his 60th birthday and even though it's just around family, you think, so what? You know, it's just family people, but it, it was never, that was never me. Like if we were around even people that I know, family, I, I wouldn't be the sort of person that would want to get up and speak in front of them. It just wasn't me. So that's one of my first big things that I that I did after having Toastmasters, which I never thought I'd do. Now, with the Toastmasters, in fact, as well, they do have a committee in their club. Someone has to run the each club and make sure that you know things get done and I actually found myself after being in the Toastmasters being the the club president which again I don't I don't do that I'm not not really a leader I don't you know I'm not normally going along with the crowd I'm not the person who's leading it but I found myself yeah being the club president looking after the club making sure it ran properly which again was something I never thought I'd be doing and that's one thing that Toastmasters does do for you as well their their actual motto is uh, where leaders are made. So they have this thing that it wants to make you a leader. doesn't mean when you do Toastmasters that you have to become a politician or something like that. But it just, be, yeah, it just helps you become more, you know, a leader and a bit more, you can be more responsible and, and take control of situations. So that's what it does. I can go on, but I mean, I started doing plays again. I never thought I'd be doing a play again, standing up in front of people and, and acting. That, that's been fun. Uh, being more outspoken at work meetings, that, that's also good. Social skills as well, as I said, 
being in a social crowd, uh, especially when you know you're in a situation and you, you might be at a party or something and you have to talk to someone that you don't know and someone that you never see again, but you got to make small talk. Some people dread that sort of situation. Oh, I and hate now it. I don't. I hate small exactly. talk. Exactly. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. And I'm assuming it was you that responded to the comment about how it's just not a sexual thing. You must get some very interesting comments or messages sent to you about that sort of thing. Yeah, the, the erection question's very, very common. And I think, like I said before, if you look at that sort of naked spectrum where it's either artistic or sexual, um, most people think that if they're in the environment surrounded by, you know, people that they are attracted to, they are going to get aroused. But again, contextually dependent, it just doesn't happen. Uh, and I mean, it's very hard to explain to people who haven't been in that environment, but you're not there to have sex with people. You're not there to be turned on by people. You're just there to be naked. Um, so, you know, in five years of, of being surrounded by naked people at beaches and, and at events, I've never seen it happen. So it, it, it really just doesn't. But because of that, people aren't very educated in the whole naturist culture in Australia and, and in the Western world, really. You do get a number of strange questions. Like I had an, one in that same forum where we did a bit of a Q&A. One person asked, is it okay to comment uh, on the nature of people's genitals and, and give them positive comments? And it's like, would you do that at a pub? Would you do that clothed? Would you do that? And it's like, no, you don't walk around and say, hey, man, nice looking penis. Like, <laughs> it just doesn't happen. <laughs> so, but again, it comes down to education and, and people just have, have no idea what it's like to be in, in this situation. So they sort of make assumptions. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's one of the things I guess people don't realize that not everything is marketed vegan and not everything has to be because some things are just accidentally by default that way and you guys had some great stuff on your list the big standout one for me which we partook in some last night after after several glasses of wine is oreos who would have thought yeah Those creamy biscuits with the, the, the white creamy center that you must think has some sort of dairy in it no vegan it's amazing like uh how many things are accidentally vegan oreos are a crazy one because you do assume that there's cream in mm. the the center 
So it's really strange. Plus it's like a chocolate biscuit. You would think that there would be egg and milk in the biscuit plus like chocolate. And if chocolate's not like 75% or more dark cocoa chocolate, then it's not vegan. So let's be honest, it's just a bit of flour and a shitload of sugar and some cocoa. I don't know. Palm oil. Them, There's yeah. palm oil in there. Palm oil, right. So there, that's a contentious issue for some vegans because some vegans don't have palm oil because of the destruction um, to different animals' environments. But yes, uh, there's lots of good accidentally vegan food. There are. Come on, list them up. Get, go, go, go. What do we got? We got Oreos. Barbecue we got shapes. Barbecue We got shapes. barbecue shapes. We got burger rings. Plain chips are accidentally vegan. Uh, sour straps. Some sour straps oh, are accidentally vegan. Yeah. Skittles. Skittles are vegan. Skittles are actually No, wait. Taste the rainbow. Taste the fucking rainbow. And as as discussed before, you know, gelatin, uh, that's really difficult to, it's difficult to find, um, you know, a jube or a jelly style lolly that is. Sour Patch Kids. Oh, Sour Patch Kids are actually Sour Patch Kids are actually Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But primarily all of those, all of those sort of sweets by default have got some sort of gelatin in them. Um, Usually. So it does preclude you from eating a lot of those sorts of lollies. So yeah, you, you just go and get the Skittles because you know they're going to be. And Praise 90, 99% fat-free mayo is accidentally vegan, but they've now marketed it as vegan because I think they no, saw people. What they've done is actually released a vegan uh, mayonnaise from the same brand. And oh. um, I think it costs a little bit more than the 99% fat-free no. ones, which is actually vegan anyway. And yes. that, that leads us right straight yes. into the vegan <laughs> tax. <laughs> Like, I don't no, know what's going on. I don't think we can accuse anyone of being ridiculous. Like, the other day I actually felt a bit disciplined in public. I have to just maybe accept what they were saying was true, but I was walking the dogs, and I promise I won't bring the dogs up at every opportunity, <laughs> but I was walking them. And you know the little entryways to the beach? They're a couple mm-hmm. of metres wide, and the dogs were smelling something, and this couple were trying to enter, and I said, oh, just walk around me. And he looked at me, he said, well, we can't, can we, because it's not 1.5 metres. And I thought... Well, it probably is, and don't. I just felt like I was accused of doing something wrong, but then in hindsight, I thought, oh, look, you actually do. We all do have to do the right thing. And I was with a very good friend of mine. I won't won't say her name because she has a quite a good job and wouldn't want to get her into trouble. But um, she's a creative type. But um, yeah, so she was, it was just late at night at her house one night and she was doing some work and she had a little spliff and she was like, do you want some? And I was like, mm, yeah, right. I think it was like 20. Really? That's yeah. quite, that's that's quite, quite. I don't know, considering what weed is and the way people smoke weed nowadays, I think that's quite, quite late on. I was a good like, boy. No, I, the, yeah, there, there's never, you know, I've always said there's never a bad time to start smoking weed. I can't I don't know how old my sister was when she first started smoking. I think she was like nine when she had her first cigarette or something, but she, she was the bad one. So I was always the good kid. And she, when we were like in the final years of high school, she was like, she was a complete stoner. In fact, I feel like she has your outfit that you're wearing now. Um, was like her day-to-day go-to. I love it. But (laughs) she, um, yeah, she was, she would have some great stories to tell. Yeah. I, um, I think I started smoking weed when I was about maybe 16, maybe 17. I feel like that being said, I feel like that was probably a bit too early. I feel like that's kind of standard though. In Nowadays, I feel like it is kind of standard. And like, I don't know what what age they're prescribing people weed for in the States. I'm sure it is over 18, but like, 
that's only like a year or two past that. That being said, I'm no, I'm no brain surgeon or anything like that who could tell you what it actually does to your brain. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it's one of those things. Like anything in moderation is probably not so bad, but if anything that you're having yeah, an excess of, like they say, if you have too much marijuana, it can make you, yeah, it plays with your mind a little bit. Like you get really paranoid and 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 that sort of thing. But then who doesn't get more paranoid when they get older? I mean, there's people out there that, that think that think there's, five, there's 5G and the government are putting something to watch you in your vaccination. Like, uh, frankly, myself, I'm, I'm really impressed with anyone who's just out here, just raw dog and reality sober <laughs> during this whole thing. Like, I feel like I've been speaking to, you know, people I buy weed off and since COVID and everything is hit, they're like, man, everyone's smoking weed now quick smoke break yeah wasn't even going to talk over that bong hit we're keeping that in thank you thank you <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Malleus maleficarum. How do I do? That's similar to how I've heard it pronounced. <laughs> but I think we're going to roll with that. <laughs> we're going to roll with that. So this book, that which they wrote, was published and roughly translates to the Hammer of Witches. It was essentially a guide on how to identify, hunt, and interrogate witches, and it v- very quickly became the authority for Protestants and for Catholics who were trying to flush out witches that might have been living among them. And for over 100 years, this book, I'm going to try and say it again, Malleus Maleficarum, I feel like I'm in Harry Potter and it's a spell. This book for over 100 years sold more copies than any other book in Europe with the exception of the Bible. That is crazy, isn't it? It's, I mean, it's obviously a page turner and (laughs) (laughs) I might need to get my hands on a copy of it. I want, I feel like I want to look into it a little bit. I was actually listening to a podcast earlier today and the podcaster was reading some extracts from the, from the book. And I think it's really interesting because it was written by Catholics (laughs) (laughs) and being the second bestseller to the Bible during that time kind of makes sense that they were being purchased at the same time or for the same purpose. Oh my gosh, it's incredible. So I'm taking some courses with them right now. They have quite a comprehensive program. And the Enneagram Prison Project was founded by a woman named Susan Olasek. And she saw a lot of flaws in the judicial system in the US. When she discovered the Enneagram, she falls into the into the gut triad as well and there's there's a video I can send you afterwards if you'd like of her talking and she talks about how she she has this sort of inner critic and when she discovered the Enneagram she realized oh I I am a good person and there there are good things in everybody and I want to share it like she just she learned so much about herself through the system and she thought this could really help people. And so she went into prison, the prison system in the U.S. and began teaching the inmates about the Enneagram. And what this did for them is it helped them understand deeply 
the reasons why they had committed the crimes they committed. And it helped them see that they're actually not bad people, that they're actually really good people who maybe had some bad things happen to them when they were younger. And part of the issue she sees with the judicial system is that people are labeled as criminals once they're incarcerated for the rest of their lives. And it's such a terrible badge for people to wear because there's so much bias and fear around that. And so what she's done is just incredible. And some of these inmates have actually come back and gone through so much healing that they're now actually working for her. What's happened is you've got 25,000 years of evolution between dog and wolf. And the reason that domesticated dogs are different is that they had that element of bravery to walk into man's camp 25,000 years ago. They sat down by the fire and they evolved eyebrows. (laughs) So nuts, right? (laughs) But if you look at wolves, if you look at foxes, if you look at dingoes, coyotes, you know, uh, all those other canines, none of them have eyebrows. Only dogs do. And that's because they evolved them simply so that they could mimic that human facial expression of, oh, would you feed me? (laughs) And because we're suckers and we can see something human in them, we go, all right, have some food. And they all go, boys, draw some more eyebrows on because the stupid hairless monkeys just give us free food if we look cute. Go for cuteness. (laughs) And so because of that evolution, we know that their dog's pack structure changes and it changed in a way to become more democratic. So now dogs look for who is the person who is best at doing this particular job. Am I the best at hunting? All right, then I'll lead the hunt. Who's the best at grooming? You are. Great. You tell us what to do for grooming. Who's the best at doing this? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and essentially, what we want to do is want to be able to make sure that when we've got a human working with a dog, we're taking advantage of that evolution, that change that happened in a dog's brain to make them go, well, I need to depend on humans. And we create something called mutually exclusive behaviors. And that really comes down to look at me when you see another dog because I like it when you're looking at me and it also means that you're not chasing after that dog and leaping all over it and tearing its face off um or when you see a cat look at me why I'll give you a treat I'll pay you for looking at me but also it means I haven't got a dog that's now pulling me halfway up a tree to try and kill the cat and then I'll be making this the decision kind of forward from there but the podcast is back not going anywhere going to be here fortnightly um honey going to be here fortnightly doing all the stuff making it super cool and uh <laughs> just i i burped on on your podcast <laughs> i was 17 i burped on You tried to recover and you recovered so well. And now you've said it. And people are going to go, she don't get her on your podcast. She burps. (laughs) Well, I employ her now. She has human body functions. (laughs) No. So guys, that is a wrap on season two of Excuse Me. I have something to say. And as 2021 ticks over to become 2022, and as this pandemic begins to evolve into an endemic, I'm signing off for the year and I am wishing you all a very, 
very happy new year. We will be back sometime in the first half of 2022. So stay tuned to the show's socials to keep up to date for our return of season three of Excuse Me, I Have Something to Say. But for now, please stay safe, look after each other, happy new year, and I will see you next year. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.